Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. It's funny talking about being creative and having creative opinions and, you know, certain things you think look good versus certain things you might not think look good. But at the end of the day, those opinions don't really matter. What matters is the data. I definitely had to learn that the hard way because certain times I'd be like, oh, like, I just love how this looks. But then the growth team would be like, yeah, it looks great. But the same way you did that static in the last batch, it didn't perform well. So we just don't think you should do it again. And you have to kind of take that and run with it because the data is the only right answer, essentially. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today, I have a special guest, Carly Lieberman, my wife's best friend, co-worker, creative director at Sharma Brands. Some people might know Sharma Brands that listen to this, but Carly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Daniel. That was quite the introduction. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a big fan of yours and obviously of your wife. And yeah, excited to chat. I want to first go in and let everybody know, how did you get into marketing? And then we'll get into the rest of the stuff. I actually didn't start off my professional career in marketing per se. And I really had no interest in marketing. I went to Penn State for undergrad and graduated in the communications field, but more focused on public relations. And all of my internships leading up to my first job were all in public relations. And I graduated with a job in public relations, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. That's what I was destined for quickly realized that I didn't love PR as much as I, I thought I initially did, but I didn't really know what my next move would be. So I was kind of sticking it out, trying to figure out if there were pieces of PR that I did like. And I did find that the digital side of PR versus the traditional was more of interest. But in April of 2020, my company had some massive layoffs due to COVID, and I was unfortunately a part of that. So obviously thought my life was over at the ripe age of 23, but I think it was a blessing in disguise because it kind of gave me that kick in the direction to find something new and kind of start over. My friend from college, Bailey Cooper, who is a near and dear friend to this day, had started working with Nick Sharma at Chopper Brands in February of 2020. And so when I was looking for a new job, she was like, hey, would you be interested in trying marketing for direct-to-consumer brands. And I was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. And three years later, I've been working at Sharma Brands ever since. And yeah, that's kind of my marketing story. Well, I think everybody goes through ups and downs in marketing and figuring out what they're good at. But you, from what I know and seeing your work and then already telling me you're great at creative director, so... I want to go into that a little bit. For people who don't know, what does it mean to be a creative director? And then we'll go into some strategies you think about. 
I guess a creative director could mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people on different companies. But for my company in particular and part of our our DTC growth community, what I am in charge of is the creative behind the paid ads, so the performance ad creative. And I lead a team of really, really talented video editors and graphic designers. So my day-to-day job consists of briefing and strategizing ad creative for our clients, um, working with the growth team to make sure that we're we're producing the best performance creative possible from a data standpoint, working with the design team to make sure that we're always creating ads that pair back to the landing pages that they design for our clients. And then within my team, I brief out the ad type, the style, if it's a promotion, if it's evergreen, all the details kind of that would be needed for a particular ad. And then I relay it to my team and they go off and they're, like I said, incredibly talented. They, depending on the type of ad creative it, ad creative it is, it'll be an animation, a video edit, UGC, a static, all sorts of stuff. They'll design that creative. We'll go through feedback rounds, make sure it's really solid. And then we deliver it off to our client, make sure the client approves, and then we send it off to their media buying teams. And then the ad is released into the wild. What goes into a great ad? What what elements, when you're getting a brief or get a client asking you, make me an ad, what, what are some elements you're thinking about to make a great one? I wouldn't say there's an exact formula for a quote-unquote great ad. Because a lot goes into what makes an ad great. There are a lot of different factors. For example, like the spend behind it is the ad leading to a landing page that only shows the product that's within the ad and lose the customer journey really efficient. So there are a lot of other things that play into the performance of an ad. But for a specific ad creative, you want to make sure that one, you understand the audience that this is going towards. You want to make sure you understand the brand, but you also want to make sure you understand the brand in the lens of growth versus someone from like the client's brand team, which is often a point of contention for us because someone on the client side brand team is super strict on, does this match our branding? Is this super on par with who we are as a company, like our exact fonts and colors and styles and graphics and they're very strict on making sure it's on brand, but sometimes what's on brand that you would find on like the website or the organic social isn't necessarily what would perform on paid because people that know the brand already might love to go to their social because they're already fans and they're part of that audience. But for someone that like cold traffic that's seeing this brand for the first time, they might not understand, they might not care, they might need something different than just showing what the product is. They need more information. And our job is to mesh what's on the brand side and also through the lens of paid because we need to find that balance. A lot of people make the mistake that an ad needs to be perfect. It needs to have exactly what elements of a brand their brand guidelines, their brand elements. But right. the point of an ad is to educate, to inform, to 
ultimately get someone to say, hey, like I have this pain or I need this product, not, hey, that's this is so pretty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's our job and it's certain clients, it's easier to, to do that because they understand the point of what we're trying to accomplish. And at the end of the day, that's just trying to make them money. But some clients will have a little bit of a harder time. And especially in this day and age, we're finding so often that more like low-fi, not so high production ads are working better, which can kind of be daunting from the client side because they're like, wait, this feels off for us or I don't know if this is going to work well. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the data and the sales. That's another point is we have to just constantly be testing and trying new things and we can't we can't be scared of trying something new just because it quote unquote might be off brand. One thing that I know, especially internally that people do is, okay, you want to do this thing on brand, but let's let's test the on brand versus the the creative that I think and to see which one produces the most sales. And then we can like use the data to decide yes or no for brand on brand instead of saying no this is off brand let's let the market doing do the talking and i think that's a that's the best way to get someone who at least you're trying what they're what they're saying that they think is gonna work but you also had to put it against something that you think is going to work so you could prove out the results to the client so i think that's a very great way of thinking about doing ads especially talking to a brand team who is strong with their their brand guidelines and their brand playbook and everything like that. When you're thinking about the copy of an ad, what are some different pieces of that the copy that needs to be in an ad to make sure that it portrays the right message to the audience? Well, it also depends on the type of ad and the angle that we're pushing. So for example, we have a client right now where we're trying to test out four different audience angles. So for one type of audience, it might matter more to them that like this piece of convenience for the product and it'll make their life super easy. One angle of the audience might appreciate more that it's they're going to save a lot more money and that's the angle we'll be trying to push more in an ad versus someone that's really excited that it's going to taste really good and that's all they care about. So it kind of depends on the type of ad and then also the audience that we're pushing it out for. So then once we kind of get that understanding in the brief level, then when we go and create the ad and create the copy, we'll just want to make sure that we're constantly hitting those key points that drive home that me messaging goal. And then of course, I guess it's part of the copy, but not necessarily copy copy, but we have to make sure that we're explaining to the audience what this brand is and what the product is. Um, It doesn't have to be so black and white, like, you know, this is tequila. But as long as they know who this ad is coming from and what exactly they're being shown, we just have to make it clear because we can't afford any confusion, especially if an ad is only 15 seconds long. And then, of course, another key point is if there's any promotion involved. So a lot of offers will be like, a first-time offer, like 15% off your first order or 20% off when you buy two, whatever it is. We just want to make sure that the offer is really clear in the copy. And usually 
in the beginning of an ad because that will also ensure that obviously everyone knows you're scrolling. You don't really spend a lot of time looking looking at things and especially through the entire length of an ad because you see so many during the day. So we want to make sure that the most important information is at front. That way there's no chance that someone could miss it. The way I I interpret that is one, make sure the message is clearly delivered of what the product does or like what the key benefit of the product is. Two, make sure that they know if there's an offer or promotion, what that promotion is and if that's the main part, there needs to be a good offer involved. And three, it's conveying enough information so people know enough things to be like, oh, I'm this piques my interest. Let me go look for more. Right, exactly. And that's also why it's important to have a landing page behind an ad. Because if you click on an ad and direct you directly to a homepage, it's really easy for the customer to get lost in that journey versus if they get sent to a landing page, it's super clear, it's super direct. There's only one place to shop exactly what you saw in the ad. So the ad is kind of like teasing you into more information and trying to spark your interest right off the bat. And then when you click, you get everything that you need in that one spot from the landing page. And it's super easy for you to make that purchasing decision. I was going to go to the next question, which is, um, so you've made a great ad. How do you work with, make sure the ad aligns with the whole ex- experience, the landing page, the product that's being shown. How is it? Is that part of the brief? How do you work with like the, are you part of the landing page to the copywriting part? How, how do you know how to align those two, two points? So, uh, as I said, um, Bailey Cooper is our director of design and she works with the design team and the landing pages and websites that they produce are out of this world. So it's always a pleasure to work with Bailey as well as Bari Murray. I think you know her. She's our chief growth officer. We like to have a meeting, the three of us, sort of like ahead of the next month to align on all of our clients going into the month. And that way we can sync up on all the landing pages and ads that we're going to then deliver in the weeks to come. And by doing that, we're able to create ideas together. So that way we have an ad for every landing page. Every landing page has an ad because the whole point of doing both together is creating that efficient funnel for the customer. Because if you get served an ad that shows... I don't know, a water bottle, and then you're sent to a homepage that has 10 other products and you can't even find the water bottle that you just saw, you're going to be like, screw it, I'm not buying. Or if you get sent a white water bottle and you get sent to a PDP of a black water bottle, you're going to be like, I didn't want the black, I wanted a white. So we want to make sure that everything that's shown in an ad is super clear and then whatever that ad leads to is really clear on the landing page. So the three of us work together to develop the kinds of promotions and offers and ideas we want to set forward to the client, whether that's like a bundle offer or sort of like an evergreen page or maybe like a founder's story page, whatever kind of angle we can push for the specific brand and product. We'll come up with those ideas. Again, make sure we have the pairs of ads and landing pages and then coupling that with the performance of previous work. Like we know, for example, that a founder story 
works really well for a lot of our clients. So we'll want to test this for our new client. Or for example, we want to test two different types of bundles at different percentages off to see what's more effective. A whole mix of things basically. And that way, once we set all of those up, we can then brief them out, go to our clients, explain our thought process and get it approved by them. And that way, once we go into design of both the landing page and the ad, we know that we are kind of on that path together. The one thing that I think is a great key takeaway for people is that is always be always be testing different things, whether it's, okay, a founder story might work for, has worked for me before, but will work for this client. A bundle has worked for me before, but will work for this client. This offer has worked before. But at the end of the day, if you're just running, you can't just come up with one thing. Mm-hmm. You have to come up with multiple things to test to make sure that for this client and this audience, this is going to work. So I, I think that's really important that, and a key point I just want to keep bringing out to everybody that make sure in ads, you're always experimenting, testing, make sure you're testing different things. And there's different elements you could test. And you, you've said in multiple elements, you said there's the different products being shown, there's different offers being shown, there's different ways of portraying information versus or like benefits or there's different personalities that could be, whether it's the founder or UGC or stuff like that. So all these elements could be tested to see if they work with your audience. So make sure you do that. And you could go look at Carly's work if she she's done a great job of doing that. What are some ads that you're most proud of um, create, that you've created? It's really interesting, especially working at an agency type of environment, to be constantly working with so many clients at once. And especially like the lifetime of our clients, we're not like a an agency that holds on to clients for five, 10 years at a time. They're all like constantly flowing. And it's nice to be able to work with so many different types of brands, which is also difficult at the same time, because while you don't ever get that fatigue, you constantly have to switch your mindset because one day you'll be working on a women's supplement brand and the next day you'll be working on pots and pans. And Everything is different. And while you can apply similar learnings and ideas, obviously it's never going to look the same. So I'm just proud of, like I said, my team is incredible and the work that they produce is unmatched. Some of my favorite ads, I guess, that we've done for for clients like Chamberlain Coffee, we created a really amazing birthday cake launch ad for their birthday cake coffee skew. And that one was a winner. We've done a lot of amazing work for Hexclad cookware, especially during their like President's Day sale. Our ads crushed for them. Via Corota, Via Corota Craft Cocktails, we helped launch that brand. That was really cool, especially being a New Yorker. And we came up with some really interesting creative for them to highlight like their press and, you know, that native New York vibe. It's really fun. Like I said, no day is the same, no asset is the same. It's fun to, especially being at Charma Brands for three years now, the stuff that we were doing in the beginning versus where we are right now. It's exponentially 
more advanced and I'm always, I'm always impressed by what my team can produce. So it's, it's all very exciting. One thing I wanted to go into also is because I think a lot of companies mess this up when briefing a, cre- a creative team. So what are, what are some elements that people should include in a brief so ma- to make sure that a creative team has all the information that's needed to produce what the, you're looking for? Because I think a lot of people just say, hey, create me an ad and the ad needs to look like this and there's like no information. So like what should go into a brief for a creative team? Um, so that's definitely something I've learned over time because working with my team, my goal is to just make their jobs as easy as possible. That's kind of how I, I look at the briefing process. It's what can I do up front for them that will make the actual development of the ad creative super seamless. And since I'm really the only one of my team that's client-facing, I have to do all of that work beforehand to make sure they have all the information, all the assets, all of the fonts and colors and brand guidelines that they need. So I create a brief. I kind of split it out by client. And then we have holistic, I would say, creative briefs that include ads and landing pages, which we found to make things like super buttoned up and organized on our end. But then within these briefs, I have everything from the type of ad, so whether it's UGC or an animation or a static. And then I have what, if there's a promotion or an offer involved, like is it, you know, 20% off? Is it $50 you get free shipping? Any sort of incentive there. And then I make sure they have the messaging. So is this like a women's health focused ad that's that needs to be more in tune to like pregnancy? Or is it for a cookware brand, is this to talk about, you know, it's non-stick, so you don't need so much oil, which makes it a lot, you're cooking a lot healthy or something like that. So making sure they have the messaging that they need and then I'll oftentimes write up quick copy for them if that's helpful. So I can write up a headline or any of the value props that they need to be included or if there's like a specific CTA that the client wants men- me- mentioned, I'll write that out. And then, yeah, just if there's specific assets that needed that need to be used for the creative or for the most part, visually, I like to give my team creative freedom because they're the creatives. They know kind of should have the liberty to make those decisions. But if I can just make their lives easier, like I said, going into it, that's kind of what I try to do. That's the brief stage. But then I always make sure that I'm available for brainstorming or to hop on and kind of like workshop an asset live to make sure that they're on the right track. And yeah. Yeah. I think two things that I also got out of that is um, one thing is make sure they have all the information up front from fonts, from brand guidelines to promotion to what the ad's about, who's the audience targeting, what the client's looking for. That's number one. But the second thing is also, those are just guardrails. The rest is up to the team to be to do what they do best and be creative. And I think that's a part of that a lot of people mess up. It's like, someone shouldn't just tell a creative team to just do something. It's, hey, here's what we're thinking. You come up with the best. Right. And like sometimes you provide inspo or sometimes there's an instance where like, yes, we really just want to kind of mimic what we've already done here. But more often than not, I'm like, 
you know, here are the pieces of the puzzle, but you have to put it together and I trust them implicitly. So I think the work also turns out better if you're giving these people the room for to think creatively. Otherwise, you know, why would you use a creative team and not just think a robot? Yeah, I mean, just go put what you think and just say, go into Canva or Figma and try to right. solve or, or use AI these days. Um, that's why they call it a creative team because they're supposed to be creative and use creativity. <laughs> What is a marketing hill you would die on? So it's funny talking about being creative and having creative opinions and, you know, certain things you think look good versus certain things you might not think look good. But at the end of the day, those opinions don't really matter. What matters is the data. I definitely had to learn that the hard way because certain times I'd be like, oh, like, I just love how this looks. But then the growth team would be like, yeah, it looks great, but... The same way you did that static in the last batch, it didn't perform well, so we just don't think you should do it again. And you have to kind of take that and run with it because the data is the only right answer, essentially. So that's why we work really closely with our growth team because we never want to make the same mistake twice. And that's as much as like if we go to a client and we want to test something and they say, oh, you know what, UGC doesn't work for us. But I don't think you should ever say that anything doesn't work for you or, you know, this always works for us because you can always iterate things and something that always works for you might not work this time or something that never works for you might work this time because you tried something new and that's only to be found out through data. It's not just like your own opinions. So that's why, like we were talking about before, we always have a media mix because we're constantly trying new things and testing new things to see what's effective versus testing new things with the intention of eliminating. Because say your UGC ad doesn't perform this time, but there could be so many other factors that went into why that didn't perform well. You know, was there no offer? Was the messaging super unclear? Was there no real hook? Was there no clear call to action? Was there no landing page behind the ad? There are so many other things that you can change before you say, you know, this didn't work for us, so we're not going to do it again. You should always be trying new things and new ways to do the same thing because you could continue to keep learning and keep iterating and then find more ways to make that asset work. The one thing that I love that you said is at the end of the day, like the main goal of a business is to put revenue through the door especially for like early stage business or even most stage businesses, like the the first goal, like 80% of what they do is going to end up being revenue generating campaigns to make sure 20, maybe 20 to 30% end up being brand and stuff like that. And, And knowing like the goal of this, this ad is to sell. It's not to make people aware that our brand exists and it's not a brand awareness campaign is to sell gives you gives you more perspective of saying okay yeah i have to put my perfectionist creativity aside and say okay maybe i should do a lo-fi ad like you said before because it, it might perform better maybe i should do this maybe i should do that maybe i should change this maybe i should do an offer because at the end of the day what matters is if it sells or not so i think that's perfect 
perfect way to put it. And I think a lot of people make this mistake. I've worked with teams that have made this mistake a lot of times where they they too focus on the brand and not focus on what the actual goal is, which is revenue through the door. Um, lastly, I want to ask where could people find you or anything you want to say at the end? The floor is yours. I guess you could find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, even though I like to observe more than I like to post. And I obviously my work and my team's work at Sharma Brands. I'm not really active on Twitter, but like I said, I like to con- I like to consume a lot. So feel free to DM me on Instagram if you have any cool ads or questions or I what I like to do, obviously, like I said, I love to consume and constantly scrolling and it's hard to remind yourself that you're not mindless scrolling and you're actually you can use it as an opportunity so anytime i'm scrolling and i see an ad i like i immediately take that extra step to screenshot it or screen record it and i save it all down just to always have this folder of inspiration for me and for my team um and we're always dming each other ads back and forth even some of my clients dm me ads um so just you know have your fun on social but and always think about it with a marketing lens. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you so much for supporting my wife, Ari. I appreciate it. And just shout out to Ari who just got promoted today to Chief Growth shout Officer. Ari, I'm so proud of her. She is such a force and I'm lucky to work with her. Thank you so much, Carly. This has been great. You've been awesome and I appreciate you. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.